Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. From KQED. From KQED in San Francisco, I'm Ariana Prail in for Alexis Madrigal. Cal Berkeley alum Shang Wang didn't expect to take on a career in comedy, but safe to say after 20 years in the game, he and comedy have a thing going on. And today, Wang's first hour-long Netflix special, Sweet and Juicy, has propelled him into the spotlight. We'll talk with Wang about his long road to this newfound fame, which included cutting his teeth at San Francisco venues. Plus, we'll check in with two local comedians about the current Bay Area comedy scene. That's all next. Welcome to Forum. I'm Ariana Prail in for Alexis Madrigal. Avocados, healthcare deductibles, printing. Those are just a few of the mundane things comedian Shang Wang finds the joke in. The really funny joke, to be precise. His first hour-long comedy special, Sweet and Juicy, premiered on Netflix last month. Here's a taste. As you get older, you do a lot of things for the very first time. This is the nature of growing up. But sometimes you do things you thought you would never, ever do. Like, I recently bought pants from Costco. (laughs) That's a big deal. That's a new chapter in your life. (laughs) Right? Because when you buy pants from Costco, that's when you don't care anymore. (laughs) That's when we let go of our egos and we begin our spiritual journey. He's a man on a spiritual journey in Costco pants. Comedian, actor, writer, Shang Wang. Welcome to Forum. Hi, thank you so much. Good morning. Thank you for having me. So good to have you. And so how is that journey going, by the way? Any more Kirkland brand additions to the closet? A pullover, maybe? Um, I'm actually in the process of trying to purge stuff. So I'm trying to hold back on acquiring new things right now. Okay. That's a good philosophy, (laughs) too. Um, well, yeah. that's definitely, I have to say, that's one of my favorite jokes from the special um, because we're, we're pretty mu- much about the same age and my purchases have also been evolving. You know, the current theme mm-hmm. for me is arch support. Um, so your, your yes. joke really hit home. Yeah, because this summer I was having a similar conversation with my sister. I'd sent her this photo of um, my feet and ankle socks in like these wool <laughs> Birkenstocks that look kind of felt on the outside and they have like a wool footbed. And I remember telling her like, these will not see the light of day. And she wrote back and she's like, well, when they do, you'll know that you just don't care anymore. <laughs> right. All to say like your yeah. jokes are super, super relatable. And I think that's what I really enjoy about your style of comedy overall. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I, I'm 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 grateful that it, it, the material, the act, the hour is resonating with all kinds of people. Um, I I think that's kind of I I'm I, I I wasn't sure like what I was trying to do. I'm still trying to figure out what exactly I'm trying to do with this comedy stuff besides you know be funny. But um, 
Yeah, I, I think whatever it is is generally at the very deep. I mean, under it all is to is to connect with people, right. um, all kinds of folks. Yeah. And how would you describe your brand of comedy? Would you say? And how did you arrive at it? I mean, it is it is it is observational humor. It is observational humor. I I, I guess that's 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 how you would label it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was not uh an aspiring comedian as a child you know as a kid i wasn't um that familiar with stand-up comedy in general mm-hmm. um but one person who had a big influence on me who was mitch hedberg uh, the late great mitch hedberg um, a comedian who passed away in the 2000s early or mid 2000s like 2000s um and his humor was also very much observational and very much um kind of based on these random weird thoughts that he would have. Um, and so that that's sort of what I've tried to do is just write jokes based on personal interests, passions, and random little thoughts in my head that um, that just pop up throughout the course of the day. So it's it's very much observations on myself, my pattern, my behaviors, and my environment. Um, and just trying to find some understanding of me or the world um, through each joke. Yeah. And so you started to mention your childhood, and I do want to go back um, in time a little bit more. So you grew up in Houston, Mm -hmm. Texas. Um, So what was 12-year-old Shang Wang into if there weren't really any hints yet that comedy was going to be be a part of your future, if that level wasn't unlocked for you yet? Right. Um, I, I, I I was, uh, (laughs) I was a confused kid. I mean, I I think I was a bored child. Um, you know, I guess 12 years old, we're like in middle school. I think I was trying to be a cool kid. I was trying to do bad things. I was (laughs) into rebelling. Um, I, I, I don't know why. I, I think it was just mostly out of boredom um, and trying to find um, a, a place of belonging. I feel like, you know, middle school, for like like for many other folks, it's sort of a, a tough time in your life where you, you start to realize there's social circles and cliques and different groups that you, you will not be a part of. Um, and I was into, you know, different, some music, um, I think I was into Metallica at that time, some okay. Beastie Boys, but it wasn't very much. It wasn't. I wasn't watching a lot of TV or consuming a lot of um, pop culture or comedy or anything like that. I was just trying to figure out um, how to, uh, yeah, just trying to trying to make friends and trying to have a a, um, a social life, I guess. <laughs> And so you end up in California at UC Berkeley for college, and you major in business. When you picked that major, what were you thinking about yourself, um, for yourself and your future at that time? I think that decision was, it, it stems from my very, like, uh, indecisiveness that I've had in my whole life. <laughs> I think it, it, it's, um, it was sort of a hedge. I, I, I didn't, I, I wasn't... Um, confident enough or 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 uh wild enough to like jump to commit to like a film studies or a sociology or a psychology class or, or major I, I applied to the business school at berkeley it was it's a prestigious school it was only a undergrad like business administration degree but i got in and i was like 
everything has to do with there's some business to everything so it seemed like a safe bet to yeah. make um it was not really an inspired decision it was just like this is okay for now and when i got into the school i realized i'm not like most of these students um this department wasn't where i had the most fun in college you know and i found most of my friends and um most of my college times i, I feel like was was in, in other kinds of like my poetry classes, my photography classes, and just like extracurriculars. And that's where I started dabbling in comedy and performing on stage a lot more um, in college. Yeah. So when did you start thinking about it as a, as a career? I know you cut your teeth in the Bay Area doing shows in San Francisco. When did that really, really start in earnest for you? I just kept going. Um, I don't think there's necessarily one particular moment that was like, this is it. Um, after, I, I, you know, I, I tried it a little, I tried my hand a little bit in, uh, at stand-up in college. And afterwards, I was trying to be either a poet, a photographer, or a comedian. Um, and I was doing internships at TV, like, production companies. I was working at a photography store. Um, but I kept doing stand-up at night. Um, at the time, I was living in... Uh, Rockridge or Berkeley, and I would drive in the morning to work across the San Rafael Bridge to Corte Madera, then come down the Golden Gate Bridge to do sets in the city, and then cross the Bay Bridge to go back home. So it was it was a busy time in my life, um, but I just kept hitting the mics after work, and kept basically hitting little goals. You know, when you first start out, you want to just be in the scene you want to just write new jokes you want to get one new you know one good joke um and and then you want to work at the local club and you want to kind of work your way up to the the middle act the, the first starting at host the middle then headliner and um yeah so i just slowly climbed that like just as as much as there is a, a a path forward i just kind of followed that that those steps to um yeah, to kind of get 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 uh, get more work from the local club and 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 get better as a comic. And I know a very meaningful friendship you formed in those early years was with you know fellow comedian and actor Ali Wong, who produced, directed, and introduced your your Netflix comedy special. Can you talk about the significance of that friendship and overall the significance of having a tribe in comedy, especially when you're starting out? Yeah, I mean the the. the... When you first start out in stand up it's it's very you're much you're much more immersed in the scene you're seeing your friends and other comedians at the at the at the open mics every night of the week um at the local showcases um and those are the f- most fun times in stand up because as you as you progress and as you move along you kind of become a headliner eventually and those those days are much more solo kind of lone wolf journeys when you just go out on the road by yourself and they have local comedians to do the the hosting and the feature work so earlier on it's kind of the most fun because you're 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 with your friends all the time um and ali and i both started in san francisco she started just maybe a few months after I, i did um but we struggled together. We we were in New York. We both moved to New York around the same time. That's kind of a typical move as stand-ups. Most people start where they are, where you know, where they're local, and then eventually you move to a bigger city, and then eventually New York or LA. Um, and it was it's it's just nice to have friends in the struggle. Um, 
and then nice to have friends uh, succeed and then yeah. try to follow their footsteps. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, Ali, yeah, Ali, Ali found a lot of like opportunities in New York. It, it, she just kind of popped when she moved there on the scene. It, it was it was a pretty quick thing for her. Um, and then she got some acting work and she was doing some writing. She got staffed on Fresh Off the Boat. Um, and in a weird way, I kind of just followed her footsteps, you know, mm -hmm. like when I guess it's sort of like representation matters when you see somebody that looks like you or, you know, is Asian like you and is a friend and has similar thoughts and, 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 and kind of approaches to stand up in life and you see them make it, um, it kind of helps you vision you know envision that for yourself yeah. um and she's always been supportive of of me and my 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 comedy um she helped me get in with the producers that fresh off the boat we met and then it made sense to to hire me so i joined the second season after she she was there the first season i've just been kind of following her footsteps yeah. to be honest even 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 our furniture at my apartment it's sort of like whatever whenever she upgrades i get the old stuff <laughs> so i'm kind of living her you know well, it's, her, it's like not yeah, not visit. bad buddy to, <laughs> to yeah to be doing that with. We're talking with comedian, <laughs> yeah. writer, and actor Shang Wang about his comedy career and his new Netflix special, Sweet and Juicy. And we want to hear from you, our listeners. How did you first discover Shang Wang's work? Are you a Shang Wang comedy fan that's new or old? Do you have a favorite joke or a memory of seeing him perform live out here in the Bay? Uh, we'd love to hear from you. So email your comments and questions to forum at kqed.org. Find us on Twitter or Facebook, Instagram, or at KQED Forum, or give us a Call now, 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. We'll have more with him after the break. I'm Ariana Prail in for Alexis Madrigal, and you're listening to Forum. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall -wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall -wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall -wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. One goal I've been working on for a long time, I've been working on having good posture. It's hard, dude. I don't know if I'm ever going to get there. My whole life, my whole life, I have slouched because I'm super humble. I'm a good dude, you know? I see that as the default, right? When I see somebody stand up straight, I don't believe that's natural. I feel like they're doing it on purpose. I'm like, oh, you trying to flex on me? I can do that too. I can also pretend like I believe in myself. <laughs> I've slouched for so long, it feels normal. It feels comfortable. It feels like I'm sending the right message. It's like, hey, hey, nobody hurt this guy. <laughs> no, man, he already broken. 
Welcome back to Forum. I'm Ariana Prail in for Alexis Madrigal. That's comedian Shang Wang in his comedy special Sweet and Juicy, streaming now on Netflix. He's with us today on Forum. Um, you just had our engineer cracking up because I think he probably was hearing that joke for the first time. <laughs> so, Shay, how has it been since your special was released last, last month? What's the response been like? Um, it's been overwhelmingly positive. I'm really... Um... I'm just so grateful that, you know, all kinds of people are finding it. Um, all all demos, different age groups, different, you know, racial groups. I, I'm just really touched that um, it's resonating with so many folks. Um, it is sort of like a dream come true. You know, I, I was riding on Fresh Off the Boat as a staff writer for a few years. Um, I got hired in 2015. After about three years, I decided that I needed to push the stand-up part because I was barely I was doing so little stand-up as a TV writer and um, I I wanted to give myself you know at least get to the point where I can put out an hour special um, and so when 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 that happened um, I was just I, I wanted to see what the response was and if if, if it's meant to be if, for me to follow you know my dream because um, I feel like stand-up is really the only thing I want to pursue um, the most and I'm just, I don't know, I'm just so grateful that it's out there and people are finding it and people are excited and resonating and, and sharing. Um, it's especially touching when I feel, when I get messages from folks that have had a bad day, a bad year, mm. a bad week or whatever. Um, it's also very touching when, like, I get messages from a mom or a dad that say that their, their child wants to be a stand-up and they're supportive. They're trying to support him. And so they all, as a family, watch the special together. And it's something special because I look, you know, like the kid is an Asian kid and yeah. it's just special for him. To to see somebody that kind of looks like him, you know, do 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 the thing that he dreams about. Yeah, that's dope. And and just a reminder to our listeners that if you're one of those fans that's seen the special and has gotten into Shang Wang's comedy, we'd love to hear from you if you have a favorite joke or a time you saw him perform live in the Bay or a question for him or if, even if you're pursuing uh, comedy and maybe have um, some questions you have about that path. You can email your comments and questions to forum at kqed.org. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at KQED Forum, or give us a call at 866-733-6786. So we have a mutual friend, Ronnie Lynn. Shout out to Ronnie. Mm -hmm. Um, We were all at Cal at the same time, and he took me to one one or two of your shows in the Bay, I think one in New York um, when we all lived out there. And so I Uh talked to him yesterday because I wanted to see if there were any thoughts he wanted to express publicly about you. And he shared this. Um, I tried to get him to call in, but he wasn't going to call. So he says, "Um, I will share. I will say as a classmate and friend, I do remember him talking about doing stand up. And it's been awesome to see his commitment over 20 plus years and getting recognition he's earned. Yes, it's a very it's a very um, diplomatic message. But does it feel satisfying to be getting this? recognition you started speaking about that a little bit but how has that been landing for you I know everyone has a different opinion about and relationship with fame yeah I mean I don't think I'm famous I mean I I don't that's not that's definitely not a um a goal um I mean the goal is to 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 do stand-up um and to get to the point where you can do stand-up on your terms where you can call the shots where you can decide what place to play at where you want to stay for the night um i think that's the goal um but i it's fun it's kind of you know 
I, because I, for me, I, 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 I do appreciate anonymity. I do like to just go about my business and 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 walk through the world as as an anonymous person. But I'm, I'm for now. I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful when people do recognize me. It's happened, you know, every now and then, um, randomly in public. But I, I, right now, I'm just having fun with it and and being, you know. I'll take photos and just say hi and hang out and just talk for a little bit. But until until crazy boundaries start getting crossed, then I'll then I'll start to, you know, kind of wall wall myself up a little bit. But um, I don't know. It's just been it's it's exciting. It's like when you have a dream come true. It's also like, well, I gotta just do my day to day stuff. You know, yeah. for the most part, I feel like after the first two weeks of the high, I'm back to just like. Writing new jokes and just mm -hmm. working on material and just trying to be a good person and live every day uh, well. Yeah. Well, Matthew writes, I first saw Shang Wang on Two Dope Queens and I nearly fell off the couch laughing so hard. The bit about the hot dog at the stoplight is gold. It's been great following his career. Congrats on the Netflix special. And we also have a caller, Ken in Palo Alto. Ken, you're on. Hi, uh, Shang, thanks. We totally love your Netflix special. My wife and I, we were just rolling when we <laughs> heard your routine. Thank love you. the avocados. <laughs> what what mm -hmm. is Thank joy? You. Five is a crisis. <laughs> right, awesome. right. And when you just don't care anymore, you buy pants at Costco. That is awesome. When are you coming to the Bay Area? Yes, important <laughs> question. When are you coming to the Bay? <laughs> Um, I don't have immediate plans to. I, I'll try to come up. I, I love the Bay. I, I, you know, that's where I started doing comedy. That's when I went to college, and I, I, I just love coming back to visit. I love walking on the on the hills, um, and the comedy scene is great. And I, I, I can get a lot of work done when I'm out there. So I'll, I'll try to come up and 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 visit just to, like right now, I'm not I'm not touring. I am just doing writing. little local shows. I'm writing and trying to build this new material, but um. I'll probably pop up to the bay sometime um, end of the year, beginning of next year, just to just to just to jump around and run around the, the town and do sets. Cool. Thanks for your your comments and, and question, Ken. And you know, one of the jokes that Ken mentions that you're well known for is the one about avocados, which was from your appearance on HBO's Two Dope Queens show. We have a clip of part of that, so let's hear it. You find one ripe avocado. That's that's a moment of joy. <laughs> You find a bag of five. That's a crisis. It's different now. I can't go out and have dinner tonight. I gotta stay home and handle my business. And I got 24 hours to eat five avocados. It's high stakes. You only got one move. Guacamole. <laughs> That's it. That's all you can do. Guacamole is like the banana bread for avocado. Again, that's Shang Wang performing some of his comedy for HBO's Two Dope Queen show. His new Netflix special, Sweet and Juicy, is streaming now. Uh, so you've talked about, you know, your writing. What's your process for writing your material? How did, like, the avocados joke come, come to be, for example? Yeah. Um, so I basically try to pay attention, um, try to be present as often as possible. 
throughout the day. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just noting emotions, thoughts. Um, I'm just making observations about my behavior and, 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 you know, just very everyday, everyday doing everyday things and trying to find some nugget, some insight, some little meaning or a little something um, that could connect to maybe a, a bigger life question or life a, a aspect of life. Um, I just start with, with just, I have a, a, a note app on my phone and I just write, I, I used, it used to be a notepad when we first started out and you just jot down a word, a phrase, a moment, a thought, a feeling, um, and, and see and, and try to find the hook, the punchline, the, the turn, um, and try to see if it connects to something bigger. But it has to be something that you personally are invested in. It has to be kind of an emotional thing for you so that it's worth working on and it's worth telling, you know, over and over on stage and sharing with all kinds of people. Um, it has to be something that is really um, connected to you so mm -hmm. that when you do it for the hundredth plus time, it still feels exciting and worth sharing. Yeah. Well, we're getting some great comments here. Deborah writes, when did I become a Shang Wang fan? About 11 minutes ago when I turned on the radio. All it took was the Costco <laughs> pants joke. I'm also an Ali Wong fan, so anyone she likes is okay with me. And then Caroline writes, my husband and I, who are in the entry period of middle age, watched your special and it was hilarious. I don't always laugh out loud, but I did throughout your special. And his comedy is clean, which is amazing. It was so impressive how Shang could just be smart and observant and surprising and surprising to achieve such hilarity. We actually watched half of Shang's special one night and then half on another. When my husband went to turn the other half on, I said, no, today was a good day. I need to save Shang Wang for tomorrow because I know it's going to be a rough one. Um, <laughs> which, yeah, it sounds like those are the kinds of messages that you've been hearing. But um, she also points out where she says, and his comedy is clean. I wonder how you, you feel about the response um, to that. It was an observation I made as well. Like there's... Um, and I hope I'm not offending by saying, but it sounds like, you know, there's like wholesome jokes. And yeah. and I, I feel like that's that's a really great thing. No, that, absolutely. It's funny that you you were worried about offending me. I, I think for for some comics, especially younger ones or starting out, you know, they want to be a, um, they have this idea of what, what, what kind of stand up they want to do. And they want to be the bad, the bad boy or girl or the whatever, the yeah. edgier comic. Um and I'm 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 into that. You know, I, I respect comics that do that do that well. You know, mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of comics that do that not well, and and they 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 kind of it kind of becomes all mixed together, and and sometimes it's hard for audiences to like recognize, you know, what is hacky or stereotypical or or, or very um, easy joke, and what is like an actual original new thought. Yeah. Um, I for me, I don't I don't mind the wholesome um description i i uh it wasn't like i wanted to be a, a clean comedian you know like we, we there's comics that there, like 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 um um brian regan or or or, or um jim gaffigan like these are so-called clean comedians mm -hmm. um and for me it was more i wasn't it wasn't i i i like those guys and i respect and i and i listen to their albums and i and i like their jokes and I like their writing and how their their minds work but for me it wasn't like i wanted to be them necessarily i wanted to 
just be me and, and do great comedy. But as far as avoiding pro profanity or, or, or whatever, it, it, for me, it was more of a writing challenge, mm. you know, like I just wanted to, like, you know, coming from my back, I, I came from a slightly like a poetry background. I had a love for words and syntax and just finding the, the, the right way to set something up and say, express these thoughts. So for me, it was just a writing challenge. I just didn't want to be lazy and, and, and throw in an F-bomb just, just to keep it moving, you know? Um, I wanted to find the essence of what is the funny part of this joke and how to say it the most effective way. Yeah. And you've talked about how you've resisted pressure and advice to, quote, do Asian jokes in your routines and the idea that because you're an Asian American, your jokes have to be about Asian identity. Can you just talk briefly about drawing and holding that boundary for yourself in your comedy? Yeah, I basically feel like all my jokes are Asian jokes. Um, <laughs> I don't yeah. feel like I, I, you know, I just I, they come from they come from me and my experience. Um, and therefore, I on. and therefore they're Asian jokes. I just feel like what I mean mostly is when people expect you to tell jokes that 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 they expect they. I'm not. I don't. I don't want to pander to those expectations, especially. Um, I feel like most audiences haven't had a lot of experience with Asian comedians. That's changing now more and more, but I just always felt like the expectations when you first stepped on stage, especially early on in my career, was, oh, here's an Asian person. I'm ready to hear such and such Asian jokes, whether it's, you know, the stereotypical math or, or, or whatever it is, the tiger parents or whatever things that they already think about you. I was not trying to please that you know or, or service that I, I i remember like one of the first jokes i wrote when i was in san francisco um it just kind of came to me as i was getting on stage i it was an opening line but it was just me walking on stage and i would just say surprise shane wang is chinese um just to kind of break the tension a little bit and like acknowledge that real quick that uh, yes this is an asian person on stage and then move on yeah and I think it's hard for a lot of, I mean, it's it's changing now more and more, but I think it was hard for people to move on sometimes, yeah. you know? They were sometimes shocked or in disbelief that there's an Asian person on stage taking time and taking space and being in, and in the light and being a whole human being. Oh. Well, it's powerful that you, you have held that line, especially in the industry, knowing I can imagine the pressures that, that are there. Um, we have another caller, Adeline, in San Mateo. You're on. Hi, um, thanks so much. I'm really glad I get to talk. Uh, I really appreciate your show. Uh, I had not been a fan before, but I watched Netflix. And the eye cream one is the joke that really got me. And I think it really uh -huh. just shows how much you cover a wide variety from Costco to eye cream. And I think that's why a lot of people enjoy your stuff, too, is because I think there's such a wide, like, you hit so many different types, like, Mm -hmm. And I thank you so much. It was a really great. Great. Thanks for that, Adeline. Thank you. We have another listener who writes, the bit about printing at work was so real. I've recommended the special to all my coworkers based on that joke. We felt seen. Congrats on the special. And we actually have a cut of that where you're talking about, yeah, the benefits of, you know, the office job is you get to print with abandon. So let's hear a bit of that joke. Have you ever thrown away documents that you just printed? <laughs> You just click print all. It just came out. It's a fresh little stack. Have you ever thrown away 
Warm paper? <laughs> it feels wrong. Feels like maybe you should wait for it to cool down before you throw it in the garbage. It just got here. Let it live a little bit. But you don't hesitate, because that office life made you a gangster. And we have some more comments coming in. Lots of love. Nomi writes, I met Shang back in 2005 when I first moved to the Bay, Berkeley. I remember writing with him to a Lyrics Born show at the Elbow Room and Shang testing his material on me, cracking up while crossing the Old Bay Bridge. Congrats on making big moves and pursuing your passion. And then Catherine oh. writes, I'm up late at night a lot these days nursing my infant. Last week I found your show on Netflix. Your observational comedy is hilarious. I loved that eye cream bit. And as a fellow ex-Texan now living in California, I felt a personal connection with you. Really look forward to finding more of your work online. So we've been teasing that eye cream bit. We we don't have a cut of that, so you're just going to have to watch the, the special for that one. Um, but as we head into the break, I know you're staying with us, but we'll be adding some more folks to the conversation. Just really quickly, what are you hoping that people take away from your routines and take away from Sweet and Juicy? I mean, generally, I, 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 want, I, want, I want folks to kind of be more human and be more present and be more alive and and be more kind and be more in touch with their humanity um i don't know if that's what my comedy does I, but I, I think it might to some extent somewhere uh, yeah we're getting some there. affirmations this morning i'd say so, yeah. <laughs> that's really what i want i just want people to um Pay attention to their lives and just be good. I don't. I don't. I, I hope we we, we kind of do that. Yeah. Well, we we're talking with comedian, writer, and actor Shang Wang about his comedy career and his new Netflix special, Sweet and Juicy. We'll be adding some more comics to the panel when we come back from the break. Talk more about the Bay Area comedy scene today. I'm Ariana Prail, and for Alexis Madrigal, more after the break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Ariana Prail, in for Alexis Madrigal. We've been talking with comedian, writer, and actor Shang Wang about his comedy career and his new Netflix special, Sweet and Juicy. And we also like to bring in a couple other comedians we have uh, that are local to the Bay Area scene. We have Jackie Kelly-Aa, and we also have Dara M. Wilson with us. Welcome to the show. Hi, good morning. And Jackie is a comedian, writer, and actor, and Dara... 
uh, is a comedian and artist. Uh, so, Jackie, I'm going to start with you. How? What was your start getting into comedy? I'm happy to say that I started at Brainwash back in 2011. So mm-hmm. Brainwash was a laundromat cafe kind of like interesting space where they had comedy almost seven nights a week. And um, that's unfortunately it closed in 2017. So RIP, but that's where we all hung out. I know Shang was talking about those early days in comedy and it was very fun and I'm sad it's gone, but it's definitely challenged the community to create more shows. Yeah. And to give folks a, a bit of your, you know, routine, we have a cut. So let's hear a little bit of Jackie Kali'a'a. So here I was in England. I had, um, we had a venue booked. We had a photographer booked. We had the save the dates or the STDs as I affectionately called them. There we go. The one thing we didn't have, uh, we didn't get along. No, no, we argued about every little thing. Yeah, didn't get along. No, it got so bad that I began finding meaning in Taylor Swift lyrics. That's when I was like, ooh, I gotta go. (laughs) And here's the hard part about it being in England, okay? So I'm native. Um, I'm Urington Paiute in Washoe, and I'm native Hawaiian. So it was like a a real interesting experience being in the cradle of colonization. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It's a trip. It's a trip. But like, here's the funny thing. So we got an apartment and uh, he would always complain about how I would steal the covers at night. And I was like, listen, white man. I don't trust you with my blankets. So that's a little taste of Jackie Kelly Aa's routine that was actually a part of a recent program for Right Now-ish, um, Put Your Phone Down, a comedy night that we had here at KQED headquarters. And yeah, Jackie, just tell us a little bit about your comedy style. We got a little taste there, but how do you, how do you describe yourself as a comic? Yeah, I, I, I definitely talk about the things in my life. That was a reference to once being engaged to an Englishman. So that I'm very critical of uh, the British. <laughs> I'm also coming at it from being a Bay native. And I think, you know, part of my journey has been traveling to a lot of different places, living in a lot of different places. And I always come back here. So um, I, I definitely talk a lot about relationships lately. That's where I'm at in life. But um I, I would say you're definitely going to get a healthy dose of uh, sort of a, a critique, if you will, of white supremacy. <laughs> and I think that comes from my roots in, I was an ethnic studies major at Cal, go Bears. And hey, same um, here. Woo, there we go. What's up? And, uh, you know, it's very much informed how I first started in comedy. I would look at people like Hari Kundabalu and like W. Kamal Bell, who were um, asking questions of this at the time, I would say it wasn't necessarily the most popular take, if you will, when I was first getting started. Um, you know, there's this ongoing comment of like race hack, but it's like, this is just my lived experience. This is how I view the world. So over the years, thankfully, I've come to find my folks and my community who also support that work. Great. And Dara M. Wilson, I'd love to hear your your story as well of how you got your start in comedy. Yeah. Hello. Thanks for having me. Um, I got, I've been a performer from a super young age. Um, I think by the time I was seven or eight, I was miming. Uh, so obviously always been very cool and uh, stand up was next. Um, uh, when I, when I got to the Bay, I was doing a lot of solo performance and I, I had mentioned to a friend of mine, 
um, that I was nervous or felt like I really couldn't make the jump from solo performance to stand-up comedy. Like I was like, I feel like these people are laughing by accident. I don't know if I can make people laugh on purpose. Uh, and I was helping her out with, um, she, she was running a, a really amazing uh, sketch group called Nice Tan. Um, I was helping them with a read through. And at the end of it, she was like, and Dara's gonna uh, open the show with some stand up." And I was like, right, right, right. Of course, of course, of course. Cause I didn't wanna like embarrass myself in front of these people. Uh, so she kind of bullied me into it which is how I do a lot of things in life. And it went really well. Uh, and I have, I've been doing it ever since. Um, I, I found a lot of great community with people like Jackie. Um, who's a very dear friend of mine. Um, and yeah, it's been it's been really amazing. Well, you were also at the Put Your Phone Down Right Now-ish comedy night here at KQED, and we have a cut of your act from that. So let's hear a bit of your comedy. Uh, instead of thinking of myself as an imposter, I now think of myself as a scammer. Okay? Yes. Yeah, so I started, I started in the interview process. I wore my hair in a nice little, oof, like a tidy little natural poof. Like a, I'm one of the good ones. Poof, you know? I waited until I got the job and had it for a few weeks before I installed like the purple Havana 24 inch braids down the back. That's right, and with the earrings and the head wrap, and even I looked in the mirror and was like, wow, she's ethnic. <laughs> Again, that was a bit of Dara M. Wilson's comedy at the Put Your Phone Down Right Now-ish comedy night here at KQED. And Dara, before we went to that cut, you were talking about working with Jackie, um, you two collaborate, and I was talking with Shang Wang about you know, finding your tribe, especially when, you, when you're starting out. What has it meant um, to, to have you know, to be able to collaborate um, with Jackie? Oh my gosh. Um, collaborating with Jackie is everything. Um, I was like just a little baby comedian and I felt like I didn't know, um, I didn't know what I was doing and Jackie kind of gave me the confidence to do what I wanted to, which was engage with comedy in a way that felt safe. Um, it's, uh, Jackie kind of alluded to it that not everybody feels up or open to um, comedians who are talking about the stuff that we're talking about. And, um, and the environment isn't always conducive to that. And by being able to collaborate with somebody who like shared the same values and had the same sensibilities, I felt like I could do comedy in my own way. Um, and that's probably the reason I'm still doing comedy to this day. Mm -hmm. And I want to get into also just kind of what's going on with the, the local scene and the, the venues that you like to perform at in the Bay Area. And Shang Wang, I actually want to go back to you on that. Um, do you have any particularly fond memories? I know kind of your your prime time of, you know, regularly being on the Bay Area scene was, was some years ago. But is there still something... Um, yeah, what, what do you find special and unique about the Bay Area audience and the Bay Area scene when you're up here and when you were performing early on in your career? Well, I, I didn't have much comparison, but I felt like when I was starting out, the Bay Area was very, it was almost purist to some extent. It was very, uh, a lot of emphasis on just being original and, and having really solid writing. 
Um, and I think that's what pushed me to, to, to you know, keep, keep adjusting and keep polishing these jokes and trying to make them better and better and better. Um, I think the scene was so much smaller when we started. There was also the, the, the brainwash was definitely one of our institutions back in the early 2000s. Um, but I think it was only once a week at the time. Uh, and then the punchline, that's like the, the local uh, kind of the local Sunday showcase at the punchline in, in the Barcadero. That was where all the comics congregated on Sundays to see, watch each other perform and hang out. Um, and, and eventually you, you would get your, your audition to, to be part of that showcase. And that was, that was a really fun and exciting time, just being running around those open mics and then seeing everybody at the Punchline Comedy Club. Yeah. And to our listeners, if you want to chime in, let us know what you love about the comedy scene here in the Bay Area venues that you love to frequent. Email us uh, at forum at kqed.org. You can tweet us, Facebook, Instagram message at kqed forum and give us a call at 866-733-6786. Again, that's 866-733-6786. We're talking with comedians Shang Wang, Jackie Kelly Aa, and Dara M. Wilson. Um, and we're really getting into the Bay Area scene of it now. And so, Jackie, I'm going to go to you. What are your, what venues do you like to perform at and, and what do you really enjoy about Bay Area audiences? I actually really love to perform in theaters. Um, I started producing Good Medicine Comedy um, in the pandemic. So in 2020, it started off as a virtual show. And so we got a chance to perform at Cal Shakes, which is an amazing open air amphitheater. And I do love a club and I do love a bar. <laughs> That's where I perform a lot. But there's something really magical about having a just a beautiful uh, stage that typically is for plays and other types of theater work. And so that's where I would love to continue being in the Bay Area, the Bay Area audience, especially here in the East Bay. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I do love the Bay, but I'm, I'm born and raised in the East Bay. And I find the audiences out in Oakland and in the East Bay to like really be down and really um, support my work and what I have to say on stage. So that's been that's been really wonderful about about since when I first started, San Francisco was where everybody went. And now there's such a vibrant scene, especially in Oakland, that there's even an Oakland comedy festival, which is starting tonight, you know? So um, that's what I love about the Bay is they show up. Like they, they definitely come all out and I've seen support for my shows in that way. And um, it's just a, a wonderful community to, to really uh, delve into your material. And, and I'm learning about myself on stage. You know, I'm, I'm trying new stuff and getting more vulnerable about, uh, about my personal life. I, and I know that that's something I can do out here and feel confident about. Yeah. Dara, what about you? Yeah, I, I'm kind of similar to Jackie. Um, I love doing kind of alternative venues. One of my favorites is a place called Piano Fight um, that is a little black box theaters. Um, Stageworks is another one. Um, Jackie and I have done shows at art galleries, at museums, just mm -hmm. basically anywhere where we can kind of shake it up a little bit and make it a little unexpected and get people to focus uh, mm -hmm. a little bit <laughs> on what we're saying and maybe not like a sports game that's happening behind us. I'm sorry to sound like a stereotypical woman. I do care about sports, but I did just say sports game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we have a question um, from a listener that's directed at Shane, but I think we 
it would be great to hear others chime in too. So Michael writes, how did Mr. Wang support himself while he was getting started in stand-up? A friend sold day spa packages over the phone, um, offering up an example. So Shang, yeah, how how did you support yeah. yourself? And then Dara and Jackie, I know that's um, a question that will apply to you as well. Um, I, I, I had some random jobs. I was working as a production assistant for some um, production companies in in the Bay Area, in the Corner Madera, in Marin, somewhere out there. Um, I worked at Looking Glass Photos. It was a photography retail store on Telegraph. I think they might still be in Oakland somewhere now. Um, and I just did random little temp jobs um, for a while. And you just kind of do whatever you can to get by, whatever jobs that allow you to still go out at night and do what you really want to do. Um, I think that's the key is to just get one, get a job in the daytime that's pretty chill. It'd be cool if it's related to something that you're interested in, but it'd be just as good if it was completely a thing that you had no, you know, you're not that invested about, so it doesn't take away too much of your time and energy. Um, and then at some point, I think it's it, for a lot of comedians to transition to a full-time just doing stand-up, I think there, there's, a, there's a college circuit, um, and that that is... Um, hmm. a scene where you can get if if you if you if you hit the right conference and you 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 get the right everything comes together you can get a lot of work as 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 a young comedian touring colleges and oh. and they they have budgets so that's kind of a good way to transition to just doing full time comedy work. Hmm. And Jackie, what about what's how do you balance between work and and artistry and comedy? This is such a good question. So <laughs> I I went the other route. So I actually had like a full on career career. Um, so I I uh, went to uh, Columbia for a master's in urban planning, and I was like, I'm going to be an urban planner. <laughs> and so I had a decade long career in community and economic development, and I'm happy to say <laughs> that I was able to finally, quote unquote, quit my J job so that I could focus on comedy. And I've got a couple of really cool writing projects. But I will tell you, my path was harder because I had a very professional day job. So I would do the shows at night and then I would come to work and then I would get off work, hit the bridge. It was it was a lot. Uh, so I know that that's not like the most effective path for most people because you you do get tired. It is a lot. You have a 40 hour a week commitment, but I needed to have my own housing. You know what I mean? There's just certain things like there's, there's certain creature comforts that I know I need in my life. So I knew I wasn't going to be able to get by on, on gig works, you know, gig work, that kind of thing. But that's just my particular path. Yeah. Well, we have a comment for you, actually. Howard writes, I used to work with Jackie as an interviewer, and she was incredibly funny at work. I'm glad she's pursuing her passion for comedy. I'm guessing you know which Howard this is I and appreciate the comment. That's great. Yeah. What's up, Howard? How you doing? And so we're actually coming up to the last few minutes. So, Dar, instead of that question, I actually want to hear from you on what excites you about today's comedy scene in the Bay, in the Bay Area or in, and just in general and the comedians that, that have got next. Oh man, um, I love this question because I feel like the the comedians who are coming up tend to get a lot of hate from maybe some of the more seasoned comedians, but I actually think they are coming up so much more fully formed than 
like any other class of comedian that I've seen before. So often Jackie and I will book a comedian and then find out that they're like 23 and they're amazing <laughs> and it's really devastating. Um, and we uh, like, obviously we don't take it personally at all and it's great, um, but <laughs> they're amazing. They know who they are. Like um, I'm, I'm just really, really, really excited. Like if they're this good now, I'm so excited to see like what they're gonna do in the future. Yeah, and in just like 20 seconds, Shang Wang, what, what are you excited about with kind of where comedy's, comedy's going? I'm, I'm just excited that there's so many platforms out there now. Yeah. You know, there's not that there's, the gatekeepers aren't so much of a, a, a thing. Um, if 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 you don't find success uh, getting you know in the mainstream or whatever it is, you can just find ways of getting your stuff out there and finding your own audience. So that's the exciting thing. It's like people can just feel free to be free and do that and do 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 their do what they want to do. Yeah. Well, we've been talking with comedian, writer, and actor Shang Wang about his comedy career and his new Netflix special, Sweet and Juicy. Thanks so much for joining us, Shang Wang. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and that's streaming now. So anyone curious about the eye cream joke, you can go go see it. And we've also been talking with Jackie Kali'i'a, a comedian, Ooh. writer, and actor, and Dara M. Wilson, comedian and artist, who both do comedy here in the Bay Area. And they've featured in Right Nowish's uh, recent comedy event, which you can catch online, YouTube, with K- at kqed.org. Uh, Jackie and Dara, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. And this Hour of Form is produced by Blanca Torres, Grace One, Jennifer Ng, and Catherine Monahan. Marlena Jackson-Rotondo is our engagement producer. Judy Campbell is lead producer. Our engineer is Danny Bringer. Our interns are Paul C. Kelly Campos and Lulu Ralda. Susan Davis is senior producer. Our vice president of news is Ethan Toven Lindsay, and our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm Ariana Prail, and for Alexis Magical, stay tuned for another Hour of Form ahead with Mina Kim, and thanks for joining us. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio, the Germanicos Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, and the Heising Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening 
because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.